Do you guys want to come and be nerds? We do! We so do! <laughs> you know, to be honest, it's got a couple of scenes that are tough to watch. Yes! Don't ever have a boyfriend. Having a boyfriend sucks. No, she's evil. Don't you get it? <laughs> Time for another edition of Fright Club Live, and welcome to it as we're doing it back in front of the crowd at the Gateway Film Center in Columbus, Ohio, and it's kind of a it's kind of a mix-up week, but it, it but it, it came out it's it's all it all worked out in the end. It if you, did. If you listen to the last couple of podcasts, we've been promoting that we were going to do Black Sheep and talk about mutant animals this that, week, but that was the plan. I was looking at the wrong schedule, so. Don't hold it against me just because I'm the one who schedules these movies. So we're going to do Black Sheep, and I, and I, t- I made uh, lovely Rachel Barbash, who runs the... Um, she does tech here. Yeah, she does tech And here. runs the booth and handles all the movies at the yeah. Gateway. And, and I made she... her panic because she saw us tweet about it, so she ordered a movie from New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> because that's where the movie I claimed we were showing lives. It lives in New Zealand. And then she was like, I don't think we're going to have it by day after tomorrow, but we do already have auditions since... That's the movie you told us to get. So anyway, you can't complain about audition. It's no, not possible. It's a happy accident. But not a lot of people, there's not a lot of crossover audience between those two films. Well, there should be. Uh, well, right, except us. We're going to see if we can do something about that. So welcome. We've got to say a big thank you to everybody involved uh, last week as we did the, it's one of the, it was one of the, probably the longest episode of Fright Club that we it did. It was a big topic. It was a big topic. It was like super fuzzy math. Yeah, we did the brief history, history of, horror. of horror. And it was the most fun because it was just like, do you guys want to come and be nerds? We do. We so do. <laughs> Did the nice slideshow presentation right. with with a puppet show and train seals in front <laughs> of the uh, crowd at the Upper Arlington Public Library. That's so right. that was we appreciate the invite. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we did that as the last podcast. So thank you for all the feedback on that. We're going to do something very similar toward the end of the month at the Bexley Public Library. We're going to tack on a little bit about family movies, scary movies to watch with your family, mm-hmm. different age ranges. And uh, so come on to that one. Is that the, t- the 23rd? 24th, I believe. Uh, now, that one is not going to be a podcast, though. We're just, no, so you have to come and yeah, see us live. exactly. We'll track you down. But uh, we've got a lot going on uh, this month. And it starts with, or it continues with tonight, as we uh, are talking about tortured romances we are and watching a great one i know there's at least a couple of people here tonight that have not seen it which is awesome it is and i just want to say hashtag what's in the bag That's right. <laughs> and you'll find out uh soon you enough like but... it. <laughs> so tortured romance is pretty self-explanatory but yep. let's explain it anyway okay and um and when i was when i was pruning you know there were some that i thought could definitely work and I'm not saying that I did this just because I always want to put the loved ones in, in a podcast, but I, I always want to put the loved ones in a podcast. Uh, but I wanted there to be more of a romance than like, you know, sort of a, I'd like you to go to the prom with me or let me drill a hole in your head thing, like an actual that ex- old story. Yeah, know, extended romance. Boy meets girl, um, girl so drills a hole in a, your head. A couple of others that didn't make it. So Dead Alive, that was also on the short list. But I mean, that's tortured. That's not their fault. They love each other in their own milk toasty way. That's not their fault. They're not in going to kill each other. It's just the mom and the zombies. Um, and then Necromantic. I really, because we've never, we don't really ever talk about that movie because yeah. I'm not sure we should. But anyway, they don't kill each other either. So I really wanted something where there was like a, like not just sort of a quick fling, but an actual lengthy relationship mm-hmm. and something horrible happens, usually involving torture, certainly involving death. So okay. those, those were the parameters when I was trying to zero in on what we were going to talk about. All right. That's fair enough. Welcome. 
Come on in. We I've realized we're just a few minutes into this now that we've been rude, haven't even introduced ourselves. What? She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we are from MadWolf.com. And we do this Fright Club here live once a month at the Gateway Film Center. So we're glad to be back. And uh, talking about tortured romances, we're going to see one of them tonight. And it's such a good movie. Everybody's excited, so we're glad about that. So you want to get into it? We've got five movies to talk about. We do. Before we uh, show one. So we're going to start with the one that Richard has already been complaining about, but I think it fits really beautifully into that. That's right, and it's from 1996. A year after the murder of her mother, a teenage girl is terrorized by a new killer who targets the girl and her friends by using horror films as part of a deadly game. You know it's... Someone is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Do you like scary movies? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act. She's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. So we've talked about this movie a few times for different podcasts, but we want to focus on the tortured romance for this one, obviously. None of the romances go that well in this, really. If you think about it, really, it's it's Courtney Cox and David Arquette. Theirs goes the best, <laughs> and and one of them ends up with a terrible limp, right? But, like, Rose McGowan and Matthew Lillard, that was just doomed. That yeah. was doomed from the start. But the biggest one, of course, is Sid and super dreamy Billy Loomis, who's, like, he's, like, a more wholesome... Uh, Johnny Depp, isn't he? And this one, because of that, this one turns out to be one of, if not maybe the only slasher movie where the final girl dates the killer. I know. Well, because they're breaking the rules. Because one of the things that Wes Craven and Kevin Williams, really, who wrote it, well, of course, what they Williamson. were doing, Williamson, yeah. were um, um, examining the the tropes of the genre. And, uh, and then the biggest one, of course, they always they constantly refer to them throughout the entire movie. And then one of the biggest one was the concept of the final girl. And that, of course, then they were going to have to kill her because she did have sex. Right. And then, of course, she throws a big monkey in that wrench and it doesn't happen. A lot of it thanks to there's more than one final girl in this movie, actually. Yeah. And the other thing that really has, you know, can't go unmentioned is that uh, viewers over the years have speculated or at least brought up the theory that what about that Billy and Stu actually could have been gay oh, and sure. could have been acting out this whole thing for their benefit. That Yeah. I mean, I think that there was also some, you know, uh, Billy was what Billy was having sex with, with Sid's mom. So there was, uh, was another doomed romance. And, uh, and then Sid's mom and dad, that didn't go well. Really, you just shouldn't date in this town. <laughs> it just doesn't go well for anybody. Because as some people have speculated, Kevin Williamson, the writer, is gay himself. So it might have been Using that as at least a little, you know, backstory, at least the layer of it. Because if you if you really watch it again and watch it looking for clues for that, you yeah. can definitely find them. Oh, no, I think that that's very much true. And it's a lot more clear, I think, uh, Matthew Lillard's character. You know, he's in the end when they're stabbing each other. He's He seems a lot more hurt in, yes. in not so much of a buddy way. Yes, exactly. So Scream comes in at number five for various reasons in our tortured romance countdown for tonight's Fright Club. Moving up to number four, well, another one that we've talked about a few times. It's a favorite from 2014. A young woman is followed by an unknown supernatural force after a sexual encounter. It follows. This thing, it's going to follow you. Somebody gave it to me, and I passed it to you. Wherever you are, it's somewhere walking straight for you. All you can do is pass it along to someone else. 
First of all, that's just a great movie. It's just a brilliant movie. It's a it's a fantastic concept executed perfectly. And every time you see it out of the corner of your eye and you know that it's getting closer, but they don't know yet. And so you're just waiting for it to come back around so you can see how much closer it is. Whatever it is, <laughs> if it's that woman with the pee pants or if it's that big giant man, it's like the creepiest, most awesome image ever. And then, But really at the heart of it, it's really, I think, mainly telling you don't ever have a boyfriend. Having a boyfriend sucks. In fact, well, it'll kill you. It's literally what it's saying, George. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I hope you don't have a boyfriend, actually. <laughs> you could say this whole thing is built on constant tortured romances because yes. once there's the romance, exactly. it's tortured. Yes. Um, and the funny thing is, once this movie came out, of course, with a, with a premise like this, right away, audiences, people were trying to figure out, okay, how can you beat it? How, and, and he has had to come out, the director, writer-director is uh, David Robert Mitchell. Yes. And has come out with like statements since then saying, okay, yes, the thing could potentially board an airplane to come chase you. And also he has said that neither a condom or same-gender sex would stop it. Ooh. So that is very important That's like here. a sequel waiting to happen it right is. there, isn't it? But I think that's it's, it's funny, but I guess when you think about it, it's inevitable that people right away start thinking about, oh, no, this would stop it, this would right. stop it. So but I think sometimes to... that's, a, that's a sign of a, fa- of yes. a fascinating film because yes, you're asking is. yourself, because clearly you're like, how am I going to get away from this thing when it happens? And the first thing everybody's like, just take a boat. Take a boat out and then do what? I'm I'm in the ocean in a boat and I can't go anywhere else because that's there's that thing there's that big giant pee pants lady just waiting to get me when I come back to shore. Well, and that was one of the things that that really made sense in, in an ironic way about you know the plan that the kids hatch. Yeah. Okay, it, it breaks down logically, but what else? They were panicked and yeah. they're just trying to think of something. It might be a little Scooby Dooish, but you know they had to come up with something. And didn't have that much time to think it through. So that kind of made sense. Yep. Um, I, yeah, I, you're right. I love this movie. And then it, in the end, I think for me, the, the saddest of all the tortured romances in, in the movie is poor Keir Gilchrist. Yeah. Right? Who finally gets to be with the girl he loves, basically, so that she can, because it's okay with him, pass this demon onto him. And it was just like, but I'll hold your hand and walk down the street later when totally that guy behind us is going to kill you in totally. a second. Oh, poor Keir Gilchrist. Still, though, it was a great way to it end was. the movie. It was. It, it was, was brilliant. Everything about that movie was great just Great way to brilliant. end the movie. Now, has he done anything since then? Uh, on the Silver Lake comes out. Oh, yeah. This fall, I With, think. With um, Garfield, Andrew Garfield. Yeah, yeah. and um, yeah. Riley Keough. Yeah, looking forward to that. That's right. That's right. So it follows uh, number four in our tortured romance countdown. Moving up to number three, and this is one that we showed in Fright Club here just a few months we ago. We did. Those who a, came will remember. Oh, you don't forget <laughs> it. Uh, two American newlyweds in Paris experience a love so strong it almost devours them. Trouble every day. No, Dr. Simino doesn't work here anymore. I really need to find him. He's His wife is sick. Do you believe in loyalty, Mr. Brown? What about betrayal? I would never hurt you. What was the Fright Club topic when we showed this here? I forget now. Sex and death. Oh, sex and death. Well, it that, was sex and death. Yeah, that yeah. fits in well. But it this does. one, this one is perfect because this couple might be the most tortured of all that we talk My about. My theory is that that just goes hand in hand with dating Vincent Gallo. That's, well, that's my theory. True. Yeah, if he's in the movie, you know it's going to be out there. 
Um, and this one, you know, let's be honest, it's got a couple of scenes that are tough to watch. Yes, it really does. Really tough to watch. They showed part of one in that trailer. But yeah. uh, you've got these newlyweds, and they they go to Paris, and right away, right away, Vincent Gallo's character is off on his his other interests and his, his other adventures, and uh, it gets pretty graphic and, and troubling, and the movie is intentionally shocking. Yes, it's one that, like you said, if you see it, you don't you don't forget it. No, and it's kind of a slow burn for a while. Claire Denis, who's a genius, a gen- genius French filmmaker, and uh, this was the only horror film she's ever made. So that's always a sign. If like one of the greatest filmmakers of, of their time makes a horror movie, you should be like, I'm going to see what that's about. And this is a great movie. It is a little hard to watch. It is slow. But there's a second really doomed romance. So so the the American couple, Vincent Gallo's character actually goes in search of another couple. Uh, who've been married for a while and who were scientists in this same sort of experiment that he was part of. So basically, they ha- they suffer from the same problem. They're just farther along with their problem. And Beatrice Dahl, who's fucking amazing in everything she ever does. If you haven't seen Inside, see it now. Not right now, because you're here, <laughs> but like later. And that's another tough one. Yeah. Woo. But so Beatrice Dahl is in this movie, and she's uh, she's Cleo. Part of the she's Corey, excuse me. Part of the other couple that's farther along, and and their romance actually they have one. They're in love with each other. They're mm-hmm. a married couple, and she doesn't hurt him. She hurts other people, and everything about their marriage and sort of their devotion to each other and her disease is fascinating to watch. And then and it's also then when you go back to the newlyweds, it's really quite kind of melancholy because you can see what they have in store for them. Yeah, and it's very, the whole thing is very dreamlike, very surreal, yeah. very bloody at times. Yeah, Beatrice Dahl is always just fascinating to watch whatever she's doing, especially when she's lighting a cigarette or lighting a match yeah. or something. And those big bony fingers yeah. are just, yeah, she's she's incredible. And it's a really visceral experience uh, to watch this movie and definitely one that you should seek out if you have it, if, you're, if you have the, the stomach for it. <laughs> uh, number three on our Tortured Romance Countdown, Trouble Every Day. Moving us up to number two, just from last year, very popular movie, a young African-American visits his white girlfriend's parents for the weekend. It's Get Out. Grace, I'm so sorry. It's me. I love you. I love you. I love you. Watching that clip just makes me want to see the movie again right I know. Now. <laughs> I know, it does. I love that. And it's one, you know, it's one of sort of the classic, that's the whole point of it, is that he's duped into a relationship that isn't really going where he thinks it's going. And, and, and I think that one of the reasons that the movie works is because she also, she really sells it during two-thirds of the film. I mean, you're sort of, you know, with her the whole time. And then, of course, when, when you watch it a second time, you're like, oh, that bitch. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. But oh, the, yeah. You know, you really don't expect it at first. No. In fact, Jordan Peele has said that he, he cast her because he said that uh, she reminded him of someone you knew and had a crush on when you met her at summer camp. <laughs> I can then, see that. Yeah. But then once the movie started filming, he instructed her to think of her part as two totally different characters. Mm-hmm. One, the loyal, devoted girlfriend, and then one, the evil bitch. Yeah. You know, and that plays into what you just said. As, yeah. as, as the movie goes along. I mean, the, it, the look she gives in that scene yeah. we, we just saw where she thinks she has the power again. 
It's just, oh, man. Oh, yeah. It is. It's brilliant. And also when he can't do it, you know, because yeah. his feelings were genuine. And so he's, he's like, incapable. It's really quite, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a great scene, and especially the way it ends, which is why we let it play to the end, because you're like, oh, that's right. It was his friend. <laughs> it was great. But, um, but I love, actually, also the reveal that it's just been dozens of people that she's done this to. Yeah. I think that's also, and then, you know, when you, when she, when you see the photos, and Georgina is one of them, and, mm-hmm. of course, Walter is one of them, and you just think, wow. Yeah. That's, uh, she's, she's, yeah, she's got quite a, quite a snare. Yeah, and interestingly, too, when Allison Williams was on one of the talk shows after this movie came out, she talked about one of the things that people would come up to her that has seen the movie that were convinced that her character wasn't really evil. And they just kept saying, well, what is it? You know, was she, was she hypnotized or something? And, and <laughs> she just kept going, no, she's evil. Don't you get it? Yeah. I mean, she's a really bad person. Oh, my God. And she eats her cereal in a very unusual way. Because yeah. the milk is on the outside, and I'm but not that sure was about su- that. But that was just oh, was such a privileged oh, yeah. way to, sh- to, to show her eat that cereal. It was. You know, her just, brother, really, that, he was the creepier one. Oh, um, he's very creepy yeah, from the beginning. Yeah, and that run rabbit run right from the beginning. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's so creepy from yeah. the beginning. But mm-hmm. just so many. I know that it's a, this is another movie we've talked about several times yes. on the podcast for good reason. Yeah. Uh, and this is just one of the many things that makes it so great. And that is number two, Get Out. And we're, we got to get out of here soon because we got to show the movie. And the movie we're going to see is number one on the list from 1999, A Widower Takes an Offer to Screen Girls at a Special Audition Arranged for Him by a Friend to find him a new wife, and the one he fancies is not who she appears to be at no. all. Audition. All right, so we've gone away for our private time, <laughs> off into an empty theater to talk about Audition tonight because there's some people here who haven't seen it, we're excited for them, and we don't want to spoil anything. And then for the people, as we said, the people who have seen it and came back, good for you. Yeah. Good for you, proud of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think there's a couple that are excited yes. to see it again because it's not one, this is what we we like to do. It's not one that you see an op- or have, have an opportunity to see on the big screen no. an awful lot. So, But this is interesting when it falls into the category of tortured lovers because, yes, tortured becomes very literal. Yes, but it's not just that. It examines courtship, I guess. But it also, there's there's a lot of gender roles comments. There's a comment on women in society, specifically Japanese society, and how they're treated, which is very interesting to, to dissect on a, on a different level than just the tortured lovers part. Yes. Well, one of the things that I really love about this movie is the way uh, Takashi Miike plays with the the typical concept of a romance film, mm-hmm. you know, and and takes this idea. I mean, the premise here is that it's a it's a lonely widower, and he doesn't know how to start dating again. He's been has been a widower for seven years, and a friend of his talks him into having a fake audition and just audition for all of these women. Yeah. They think they're auditioning for a movie. And and then he just picks the one he likes the best. Mm-hmm. And and that is sort of a brilliant concept for a, a romantic film, because one of the things that I always find the most terrible about the majority of romantic films is that they do start with some kind of a let's dupe a woman uh, premise. And that's 
horrible. Yeah. It's, and you know, and I, I love that this movie just toys with how vile a concept that is because the guy, the lead, he's a very likable person. You he feel is. for him. But at the same time, I mean, he has every opportunity not to do this, not to treat these women like they're cattle, not to compare it to buying a car. He has every opportunity to back out of this, except he sees this beautiful 24-year-old girl and thinks, this is my only shot at this. Yes, it is. And it's not going to go well. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, when he talks about why he needs a wife. It's almost like what he's saying is, I'm just tired all the time. I know. And I need someone to make my life easier. It is. You and know, then that's his, his, son, his son was like, whoever you marry, make sure that she c- cooks better than, you know, their, yeah. the, the current, the woman who pops in every day and yeah. makes their meals. Yeah. And, uh, and, and even she, she's like, you know, every man needs a woman, or otherwise he's exhausted all the time. And it's just the whole, I mean, the, the movie yeah. makes, I think, very sly comments about where the Japanese society sees women. Yeah, and it's interesting to talk to a few people in Happy Hour that have already seen the movie. And and I've gotten this reaction from other people in talking about the movie uh, at other times where they just don't think the main guy... Well, he didn't do anything yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. He's a good guy. Right. Well, now think about that right, for no. a second. I mean, he didn't. Des- he did not deserve what happened to him. No, he There's didn't. There's no question. But, but it was not- a comeuppance for a reason. Yeah, I mean, this whole thing, as you just said, the whole thing is just a ruse. Yeah. And they're parading these these women with deceitful promises. Although, I guess, in the early going, you think maybe there might be a film. Right. But, but still, the basis of it came out of deceitful purposes. And these women parade across there like it's a, a, a beauty contest or a talent show or whatever. And yeah, he's he is a likable guy, mm-hmm. but he's not blameless. No, he's not. But again, I mean, nobody's saying he deserved what he got. No, we're, but, we're not saying that. But um, but it is. Uh, I thought I think it's a very interesting way to to kind of dissect the romantic film in the first place, which yeah. I enjoy. And interesting too from this director, because as we have talked about Takashi Miike a lot, this even though this movie does go into the the dreamlike the surreal, what's real, what's not. For him, this is very straightforward and and very mainstream. I mean, it doesn't go completely off the rails. No, you're right. There are dream sequences. But yeah, I mean, as far as his films go, it's it's a pretty traditionally structured movie. Yes, yes, it, it definitely is. And it's, you know, the metaphors are well constructed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, by the time it gets to the end and it's, it's pretty squeamish. Oh, you it know. is. It's, it uh, is. <laughs> and, that, and that's another thing. It does kind of, to get there, it's it's a bit of a slow burn. It is. It is. Now, every once in a while, you'll get, Mike peppers in these incredibly jarring images, just every so often. Like the music just, teacher? Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of punctuates like this this sort of free-flowing romance gone wrong, and all of a sudden you're like, what was that? <laughs> the hell just happened there? Which yeah. is great, but then I just have to say, and I'm not sure how you pronounce it, Ihai Shina, who plays um, Asami, the, yeah. the young woman, she is one of my favorite villains of all time. Oh, Because, you know, for the longest time in this movie, she is just a very sort of brittle, frail, delicate, yep. proper. Defers, you know, there's a little doesn't... something going on under there. And there's a lot of red flags, which is something else that the movie refers back to often. There is a lot of red flags. Oh, yeah. But when she turns, it, 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 one of the things that's so great is that she is 
just full of glee. She is so happy the whole time as she's doing these yep. awful, awful things. <laughs> and then as we've said before, there's a certain part of it, and she's, of course, speaking in Japanese, but for all the world, it sounds like she's saying, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> it just makes it that much more creepy. <laughs> You're right, though. She is having the time of her life <laughs> with that wire, and it's just one of the things that makes this an unforgettable movie. And we're so excited to show it tonight to the people that haven't seen it and the people that have. So uh, we're going to queue it up here in just a few minutes. So let's get back in there and get it done. Are you excited, those who have not? <laughs> or well, if you have seen it, why did you come? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love this movie. I yeah. mean, it's a brilliant. It's, uh, I think, um, for my money, it's the best Japanese horror film. So all of J-Horror, this is my favorite one. And we've done... We've shown a couple of uh, Mike films already. I mean, we showed Gozu, and we did. We have a whole podcast just about Takashi Mike because he is just an amazing and incredibly versatile, remarkably versatile filmmaker. Especially for how how many films he cranks out. Yeah, I think he made one while we were in. I think so. In, in the happy he hour, he has made over a hundred films. He's yeah. like sixty. He's made more than a hundred films. Audition as envelope pushing is it in? It's one of the more. Um, traditionally structured movies that he's done. And we don't mm-hmm. want to talk too much about it. No. And we don't want to say too much about the doomed romance because, or the tortured romance, literally. Tor- we don't want to because most <laughs> of you haven't seen it yet and we're not going to rob you of that. That's but right. I'm excited to know what you think when it's over. Exactly. God, I love this movie. And especially if, you, if you're not here but have some thoughts, we love to keep the conversation going online. You can find us on Twitter. We're at Fright Club Pod. And you can always find us also on uh, Facebook and Instagram. We're at Mad Wolf Columbus. So we always love to keep talking about these movies uh, before you've seen them, after you've seen them, and, and what's coming up next. So speaking of, um, we've, got, uh, we've got our next podcast is going to be a special edition where we have our, our buddy Dino Tripodis join just to talk just about Bride of Frankenstein. That's right. We're gonna for the first time we're gonna spend the entire podcast talking about just one movie because we're part of sort of this larger podcast family and they're all looking at Universal monster sequels and we scored clearly the best one. So we could talk about Bride of Frankenstein for the whole time we're excited. Yeah, so about that'll that. be out the week of Halloween. Week of Halloween. This podcast here will hit uh, probably on Monday yep. once we get it all edited down and set to go. So please check it out and keep in touch if you can. So I think that's about it, right? Well, we're back here next month. Right. Second Wednesday of November. And Second we, Wednesday of every month. Of every month. Yep. We really are, for real, going to show Black Sheep this time. I'm not oh, lying. sure, not sure. Making it up. And we're going to talk about <laughs> mutant animals and horror. So yeah. come back for that. Because that's a really fun, funny movie. George loves that movie. So a lot much. of a different vibe than this one. This one, not it's funny. It's a very different vibe, yeah. Black very Sheep, very vibe. funny. So we hope to see you back here. Uh, and that's it, I guess. We want to see this movie. We want it to roll. So until then, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. <laughs>